Welcome to The Chosen Conversation. We're here discussing the series, The Chosen. We have a lot of information we want to share and have a conversation about today, and you are most welcome to join us at this time. It's going to be great, and we pray that you'll enjoy it. Well, Ed, we're, we're, are, we are in season three, and um, last week we talked about first episode or so and a half, and tonight we want to start with kind of the second half of the second episode where the disciples are gathered at a table with Jesus, and Jesus has some surprising uh, announcement to make for, for them. One thing that surprises them, when Jesus actually for the first time tells them, you are my apostles. Yes. An apostle means one sent, right? So basically Jesus says, I'm going to send you. And remember when Jesus said, you are my apostles, they all looked at each other like, apostles? Really? This is the first we're hearing of this. And, yeah. you know, Matthew says, well, apostle means one who is sent. Yeah, we know what that, you know, we know what that means, Matthew. We're just a little confused about that. Now, why do you think they're so confused about becoming apostles rather than just disciples? Because it puts onus and importance on their responsibilities. So they were happy with just being students. They were happy with just being disciples. But when you start throwing around titles and stuff like that, that's scary for anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah, think that's right. Yeah, that responsibility that comes with that level of leadership. I think that's right. Culturally about what an apostle was, what their responsibilities were. Yeah. It was a heavy weight. I think it was also the way Jesus introduced it. Um, John Mark, you made me think about you know the, the awkward silence, and it was Big James who actually kind of broke the silence with a a big inquisitive, you know, what? Uh, but Jesus said, "I'm sending you out. I, there's too much work for me to do by myself. I'm sending yeah. you out to do the healing and to spread the news about the kingdom and to cast out demons." And I think they were kind of like. Uh, we've never done anything like that before, and we're not sure we understand how you do it, so how in the world are we going to do it? Yeah, they wanted to know from Jesus what would they say? What would they do? And he said, do what you've seen me do and say what you've heard me say. Yeah. Isn't that amazing that Jesus, as you said, um, Stan, I can't do all this by myself but that Jesus honors these guys with responsibility to say, okay, I need help. I want you to participate. I don't want you to just be a passive follower and watch. I don't want you to just yeah. be a spectator. I want you to be a participant, a leader. I want you to go make disciples like I am doing with you. So that that responsibility, uh, I think that's probably the first time they thought about that. I don't know if they ever thought about, oh, we're being trained so that we can do what he does. Uh, they, that, that's what shocked them, uh, that now they're being sent out to do what Jesus does. Yeah. I think even, you know, Jesus, we know because we've read scripture, they're living it, uh, that we know that Jesus alludes a little bit, um, you know, when he's having conversations with them about his death, when he says, you know, I won't be here. And they can't, like, like why does he keep saying he won't be here? But they're being empowered now so that when he does ascend, they will be able to really flow into the power of the Holy Spirit to do as he did when he walked the earth. 
I, yeah, I appreciate that point. Well, Tanya, that, that's that's one that's one of the things that shocked them, right? That you're going to go out and do what I do. You're going to go out and heal people. You're going to go out and cast out demons, and they're all looking at each other like, "What? <laughs> I'm going to do what?" Uh, that you know, I I don't think. Uh, before I saw the chosen episode, I don't know that I ever sat down and thought about that particular moment when Jesus reveals to them that they are going to be empowered with the sort of healing ministry that he has. And that must have been a shocker. That must have been like, I'm unworthy of that. I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. That that's uh, that you know. I'm afraid of that. No, John. What kind of feelings are going through? Yeah, yeah. So Tanya, you made me think, and John Mark, that was kind of right along what I was thinking about emotions. Is that you know in that scene, I think it's Andrew who says, "Wait, wait." So you're saying there's a chance we could die? And there's a there's another <laughs> gravity there of how serious this is that they're going to be encountering the forces of darkness, because it comes right after he says, and you'll cast out demons, and the whole room just yeah. gets quiet. And oh, then Jesus has to tell them, things will get even worse, but you're not going to die this time. you know. And, and yeah. so there's that reassurance of, you're not going to end in death on this sending out, but that doesn't mean later that you're not going to. So he's not yeah. holding back from saying that this is a, a serious commission. Yeah, because they know how under fire he is right now. Yeah, I think it's in uh, season two where Andrew, he see, he's witnessing Tamar testifying about the her friend, the paralytic, who gets lowered down from the roof, and they're telling the testimony. And he wants them to shut up because you're drawing too much attention to him. And now they're processing, you know, and Jesus felt, is telling them, I'm sending you out. What type of heat will we take on because we're doing the same things that you do? Because they're nervous for him. They always feel like they need to defend him. And so what happened? You're only you're sending us out two by two. Because at least when it when they're with him, it's all of them with him leading. Now it's we're going out in pairs. And you're telling us not to take a lot of things. Well, uh, Tanya made me think about um how and sending them out. This is where Jesus' ministry really becomes public. Because now it's being spread out, right? And so there's kind of an intentionality here that we're coming out of the shadows, we're going to be out front, and we'll see that later in the episodes of season three, that Jesus is in the Capernaum Square, sort of, you know, proclaiming the message. It becomes a very public sort of message now. And the, the apostles are going to bear witness to that. Yeah. And, and it, I was just going to add to what both of you all just said. So they had to move from being consumers. They had to be willing to start giving out and, and reproducing what had already been deposited into them. Uh, and so for me watching that, it's like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing as a believer, as a follower. Uh, so that would have just my mindset, my thought process. As I was watching that, uh, of course, you know, we knew that already, but to, to see it um, portrayed the way it was portrayed, give you a different perspective on certain things. Yeah. What, what did y'all notice about the pairing up of the disciples? Is there anything that you noticed? I was just thinking about that. I was just thinking about that because you have, uh, you have both James together 
um, you have Peter and Judas, and you know all of us know what their what the storyline looks like later on in Jesus's ministry. So the betrayers are there, the one who denied, the one who betrayed. Uh, you have the two Jameses, and then you have they paired the zealot, the former zealot, with the tax collect former tax collector, and then the concern that they each had about who they were paired with. But there's a there's an interesting fact there I was just thinking of is Nathaniel is the one who seems to be the most concerned and everybody wants Z because the humanity yeah. really comes out that this is this is we're not quite sure. We haven't called him the Messiah yet, but this is Jesus sending us out, but yet you can see they're scared and they want Z or somebody to protect them when they go rather than relying on Jesus says you're not gonna have any problems on this on this uh well, this commission so but you know we would probably do the same we would we question yeah, and the shock on everybody's face you know uh, that shock that everybody had when jesus said okay z you go with matthew well uh, you know everybody was going are you i mean didn't even peter say are you sure about that you know are you really think that's a good idea you know uh i yeah we all feel that way sometimes about what we feel god has called us Oh, are you sure about that? I don't. That sounds uh, dangerous. That sounds like eh, not a really good idea. So, I, I I just love the expressions on their faces. It was so real, so human. To see them yeah. question that choice that Jesus made, or and and Z, you know, he was clueless until somebody. You're what? You you what? Yeah. <laughs> but he's no, he's no more a tax collector now than you are a zealot. You have changed. This is a different kind of life, and we can live together in Jesus. Following Jesus, we can live together. Uh, yeah, I think I like. Now, what that. happens right after that? Go ahead, Doc. I don't feel any different, and Jesus says, "I don't need you to." Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. Well, right after that, we have this discussion. With Jesus and little James. Little James yeah. follows Jesus out into the courtyard. And little James has a limp. He's um, disabled in some way. Uh, he has some sort of leg problem. We don't know exactly what that is. But Jesus hasn't healed him yet. And, you know, James, you can understand what James might be feeling. Like, I'm going to go up to a, a person who's blind and I'm going to heal them when I can't, when I, when the way I am acting or the way I am walking is obvious that I need help too. And I'm going to help people when they can see that I need help. I, you know, I can, I can understand James' little uh, consternation there. Oh, that's, that's, he's problematic. Absolutely. And you, you know, I think as a viewer, you're watching wanting to hear a certain response from Jesus. We're we're wanting to hear he's gonna heal him right now so that when he goes, he's healed, he 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 looks healed and whole so that he can be a good representation of what uh following Jesus looks like and Jesus doesn't give him that response. There's Jesus some interesting Yeah. There's some interesting, I think, positioning there, too. One is that the actor who portrays little James really does have spina bifida, and so he is not acting that. He That is actually 
a disability uh, or a, a challenge that he has, um, which is just fascinating in the casting um, that they would mm-hmm. that they did that um, and then built it into the storyline. But also it escalates with Jesus. He starts by saying, "Well, little James, did you ask me to heal you?" And you're thinking, oh, as soon as he asks, he's going to do it. Right. right. And then he doesn't. And you're like, well, that was kind of a trick question. If, you, if you'd if you asked me, you know, you haven't asked me. And then, but don't you think it will be more powerful for the name of Jesus if you go around healing others and the story you can tell through your own uh, challenges? And I just thought... Yeah. Man, this is gonna be this is gonna be a repetitive theme. We're gonna see this come back because you know a yep. lot of us pray for things and then kind of say, "It says, ask in my name and it shall be given." And it says, "You do not receive because you do not ask." And then he asks and he still doesn't receive. And that contrast well it happens with um, Shula and Barnaby later, right? In another yeah. episode, where Barnaby brings Shula, the blind uh, woman, and. Heal her, you know. Do you want to be healed? Yes, I want to be healed. And Jesus heals both of them, right? Yeah. In, yeah. in that context. Mm-hmm. And yet that stands in contrast with little James. Yeah. Why did why does God why does Jesus heal them but not heal the other? Yeah. But but you know what? Go ahead, yeah. he, at the um at the end of their, their conversation, he said, James, you, you will be healed. He said that. He did say you will be healed. Now, <laughs> right. No not yet, though. Talking. Yeah, not yet. It's, maybe right. that's resurrection language, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, but not now. And right. and the rationale that's given is, uh, at least part of the rationale that's given, is you will have a greater impact being who you are now. Than if I healed you, in other words, you're going to you're going to have a form of suffering here for the sake of the gospel, for the yeah. sake of the testimony. Yep. God, uh, Jesus, um, the Father loves you, and the Father has plans for you, and the Father wants to uh, to equip you to bear witness, and with this, you can do that. But if I heal you, it's not. It's not as powerful because there are many others. There'll be thousands who can say that. But what you can say is God has given me grace in my weakness. God, my weakness has made me strong. And you can bear witness to the testimony of God in ways that others will not be able to. Yeah. There were, there were two things I think from that scene. Um, One is Jesus saying, basically he can trust him meaning little James. Uh, and so I, I, I heard it as God can trust him with trouble. Mm, that's... He will steward it where God gets the glory out of whatever that trouble looks like. So it may, it might not be a limp. It might be something else in our lives that it, it, no matter how many times we've prayed and desire for it to go away, God has entrusted us with that situation in our lives. The other thing was little James, the way he describes himself, he describes himself by describing what is ailing him and not who he actually is. Because Jesus says, I don't ever want to hear you say that again. 
because Jesus sees him from a perspective that little James will have to learn. He will have to have faith that what Jesus says is what it is, even if it doesn't look like it with my natural eyes. That's good. Thank you. That God loves us who we are, right? I mean, you don't have to get healed to be loved. And no. you don't have to be healed to be equipped. I think about Paul talking about this thorn in the flesh, right? Praying to God to remove the thorn. Yeah. Three times he prayed to the Lord. The Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. You need this or whatever reason God has for that. But the answer is no. And it's really tough for us to take that no answer. Or as Ed said, it's not really a no answer. It's a not yet answer. You will be healed. It's not yet. Not now. Not yet. But you will be healed. Amen. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of interesting continuity, too, to other places in Scripture that, like John Mark, when you said you hadn't contemplated a scene before until the Chosen kind of brought it to your attention. That's what it does for me a lot of times. And I hear other echoes of Scripture like, hey, hey, Jesus, perform another miracle for us. And he says, no, all you all you just want another sign, but I'm not doing miracles as, you know, parlor tricks. That's not what they're not looking yeah. for. Or right. the blind man's. Uh, you know, the, the, the Pharisee saying, you know, who sinned this man or his, his, uh, mother and father. And Jesus saying, it's not like that. He was born this way for the glorification of God. And so it's not like what he says to little James is not scripturally evident in other places. We just don't always, we just don't always connect the dots very well. Yeah. 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 I think the chosen's good at creating a scene that draws on themes throughout the rest of Scripture, but creates an episode or a situation that really isn't in the Gospels. I mean, that conversation between Jesus and James is not in the Gospel. But the theology, the meaning of that conversation is, is spread throughout because as Jesus heals people and doesn't heal people, you're, you're going to get those kind of questions. You know, why, why didn't you heal me, you know? You're healing everybody else, but not healing me. What's going on here? We got those. We have those same questions today. I had a situation that happened to me about two years ago, where one morning I woke up, my leg would not stop hurting. Went to the doctor; they X-rayed it, couldn't find anything. Um, and so for about a month, we're praying for a leg. Like, well, we believe you for the healing for the leg. Nothing changed. I was on the phone with one of the ladies from the church. And she was just calling to give an update about her life. And I'm encouraging her. And she starts screaming. Now, what I don't know is that she has not been able to move her neck because of pain in her body. But as the encouragement, like the word of the Lord is going forth through the encouragement, the Lord is healing her. And it was a wrestle for me because I'm like, I've been praying for the best few weeks, Lord, for you to heal me. And she didn't even call for healing. She just called to give an update on our life. And through the word of the Lord, she was healed uh, on that phone call. So I wasn't in the same room with her, just speaking the word of the Lord over her. And that was that I was having a little James moment, like, Lord, like I, I, I prayed for it. Now the pain eventually went away. But it didn't go away during the time that I was praying. Like the same way I woke up the more one morning and it was hurting. I woke up one morning and it was no longer uh, hurting or in pain. 
You just did something interesting there, Tanya. You took me back to a previous episode that also, okay. as John Mark has pointed out, is not in Scripture, but where the the perpetrator to the Good Samaritan oh, yeah. is healed after Jesus has left, right? Yes. But but in Scripture, we have one where the the um, the centurion the centurion's servant is healed just by him speaking the word. Not the word. so so the physicality doesn't always have to be there. No. And and that even brings another question mark in, I think, is that these people who could actually reach out like Veronica and touch Jesus and know that something was going to happen and other people who he passed by or he interacted with and he healed. Mm-hmm. What about the people he healed that he wasn't even physically there and yeah, he healed them? Just, just you say the word, Lord, and, and I know it will be done. Yeah. Um, so that right. that's fascinating. Too. Yeah, this was, there's nothing mechanical about this. Right. There's nothing like, okay, do one, two, three, it is done. This is about how God interacts with people. You know, God works in the lives of people. And God doesn't do it the same way all the time. And God has different purposes for people. So for James, God has a purpose for James. Absolutely. For Veronica, God has a purpose for Veronica. Yeah. But God deals with it differently in those situations. Yeah. And that's that's Part of what becoming a disciple is about is learning how to live on our journey with God and struggle with God and live with God and bear witness to what God is doing in our lives, not trying to generate or make up like God's going to do. That's a hard place to live because there are all things we want to happen. It's a hard place to live with acceptance. Submission and saying, "Okay, God, I'm going to follow you." Yeah, it's all about trust. Think, uh, yeah, trust. There you go. That's good. I, I think our time is up, and uh, grateful for everyone. Man, Stan, Latanya, and Ed. This has been a great conversation. Grateful that everyone has joined us. We hope you have been blessed by it. And let me yell for a benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Amen. Amen.